Welcome to another exciting edition of Near Mint Comic Radio, your local comic shop shrunk down, gamma radiated with both its parents tragically killed before its eyes and aired live every week on the Nonproductive Network, the only place that would have us. I'm your host, Frank, joined in studio by Ken. Yo, Frank. Hey, yo, Ken. Speaking of yo, Al will be joining us later on in the hour, and we're going to be talking about G.I. Joe's thing with the Transformers. I was almost hoping you were going to say G.I. Jane, but... No, the movie? That would have stimulated me a little more, I think. Well, yeah, it was a good movie. Um, I can't say that with all honesty. I don't remember that movie at all. I don't remember it at all. I remember the haircut. Yeah. I remember everybody there was a, does. the conversation about a haircut. It was, it was Sigourney Weaver and Demi Moore, I think the same year, both shaving their head for movies. Oh, really? Interesting. I, I thought Sigourney Weaver was in G.I. Jane. I'm like, really? That, no. that would have been awesome if there was just like... All right. So, yes, we will be talking about First Strike, IDW's crossover thingamajig with G.I. Joe, Transformers, and other vintage Hasbro products. Uh, but before then, we, uh, and by we, I mean you, Ken, decided to do this thing to yourself. Can you explain to our listening audience what you've done? Well, what I've done is, yeah, it is weird, and I bl- I totally blame the CW entirely for it. It's not getting any more it's logical. Not. It's not, and I will words. explain myself as to why that happened later. But no, I decided uh, my reviews are all going to be Mark Wade-themed. Who- you have a Mark Wade-a-thon. I did, and you know what? Every once in a while, I think everybody should do a Mark Waitathon because he is one of the greatest writers in comics, at least Quality. in my personal opinion. Yes, you know, I, I can't think of uh, anything that I did not like reading of his uh, over the last, I guess, twenty something years. Wow, high praise. Yeah, yeah, and I think well-deserved. Mark Wade is a staple, uh, has more and more authority over at the House of Ideas, uh, especially since Marvel Legacy was launched. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, getting more and more books uh, handed back to him in some cases. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, it's a great time to do a Mark Wade-a-thon. So uh, how do you want to walk us through this? What, what do you want to – how did you first decide to do this? Uh, I, I can start with what that. What does this have to do with the, the, the CW? CW. All right. I've said in the past, I can get hooked on weird melodrama television. I mm. I think I've gone personally on record to say I loved Desperate Housewives when it was on. I loved the reboot of Dallas when it was on. And I now have found my new one in the CW's Riverdale. Okay. All which right. I'm sure everybody knows is... The uh, the new drama based in the world of Archie and yeah, his Yeah, Archie pals. Comics. So I have not seen any of Riverdale, even though I'm a huge fan of Archie Comics. Um, I have. This is not a judgment call. I just haven't had a chance to put it in my CWQ. Um, that's not CW letter Q. That's CWQ. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah. Um, I just why why. Why Riverdale? What's what's what is it about Riverdale that is appealing to you? Decided to watch on a fluke. I actually love all the other CW shows. You know, I love the lineup with Supergirl and Flash and Legends mm-hmm. of Tomorrow and Arrow. And I figured, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I, I know that Mark Wade was involved with the relaunch of Archie Comics over the last couple of years. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's how it connects. Yeah. So, okay. and I haven't read any of it. But I'm like, all right, well, let, let's see. Maybe some of his influence will be in here, and it'll be fun, and it'll make me want to go and, and read the books that he worked on. 
and I watched it, and from the first five minutes, my jaw dropped and went, this is dark. Interesting. And I loved it because I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan. I was so super stoked and happy over the past season when uh, David Lynch and uh, uh, his buddy uh, uh, Nick Frost uh, came back to bring Twin Peaks back after 25 years. And man, there is such a Twin Peaks feel to Riverdale. That's interesting. I did not expect that. I mean, and the parallels. I mean... You know, the, the title of the show is The Town, just like Twin Peaks. It was, you know, it was The Town and, uh, and, and the uh, title. That's one. We open up with a teenager's body being found in the woods. That's a Very huge one. Very similar to Laura Palmer. Yes. Um, Machin Amik, the actress who plays Betty's mother, was also a main cast member in Twin Peaks. Wow. Interesting. So, Very, yeah. It, uh, was there a log lady in River in Riverdale? I'm not giving up hope yet. Okay, cool. <laughs> Season two. Well, and actually, in a way, we do. We oh. kind of do have a log lady because it's someone who actually keeps history and transposes stuff oh, right, for history, right? Log. We kind of do have that. Jughead <laughs> writes down everything, and he's like a reporter. Interesting. And he chronicles everything that happens in Riverdale. All right. So actually, we do have a log There person. you go. There you go. So uh, Riverdale is effectively a Twin Peaks redux um interesting and, and it's great it just came back to sec- actually the first season only ended a, a three or four months ago and the second season just came back sh- just started only like three or four weeks ago i mean there was not much of a gap between the uh, seasons and i'm glad it came back and it's coming it came back in full full force but now that i'm into it i was like you know what let me go back and see what mark wade did yeah, you know when, see how when he- much of the the show may have been based on some of his work yeah so I got my hands on uh, the first trade paperback of Archie by Mark Wade, and I got through like the th- first three or four issues. And first off, I don't know if, if Riverdale was based on this. I don't know how they came up with it. The looks of the characters, maybe. Really? But Mark Wade, man, he did such a cool job of actually taking the feel of the old Archie digests and comics and a lot of the stories are kind of written in that same similar thing where it's Archie just, you know, day to day dealing with obstacles, going to high school. And he's a, he's a high school kid trying to make it work. Yeah, that's Archie. That's him. He throws a little bit of drama in there. Like it opens up him and Betty apparently have been dating for a long time and uh, they recently broke up and everyone in high school is trying to deal with their own personal loss over the fact that. <laughs> that Betty and Archie broke up because Two most popular kids broke if they, up if they can't last, you know, who, you know, what does it mean for everybody else? Mm-hmm. And it's Archie trying to find his place during all of this. And th- like three issues in, we get introduced to Veronica where her and her dad moved to Riverdale, which is kind of how the show opens up too. it opens with Veronica and her mom actually coming to Riverdale. So to Riverdale. maybe they're like some broad strokes. Yeah. They're taking yeah. from it, but stylistically, but, but, but I mean, yeah. Mark Waits is a very lighthearted, fun kind of romp. I mean, a little bit of drama, but I mean, it, it's a contemporary take on Archie, even the artwork. They did away with the whole cartoony look mm-hmm. in the art and went for a realistic uh, approach. And the artist, I actually really appreciate. I, I, I think she's fantastic, and I, I don't have it in front of me. I don't have her name on me at the moment, but 
Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I did not expect once I saw what they were doing with it, I was not expecting to like it. But I'm I'm going to keep reading the thing. Yeah, I I think what's cool about Archie comics are that you can interpret it in so many different ways. You could do the broad strokes comedy aimed for general audiences, um, and you could you could do the weird stuff. To be honest, I, I I haven't seen any of Riverdale, so I can't really pass judgment on it. But I will. It's terrible. No. Uh, like I, there's a new CW show. Uh, it's going to be, it's in the works. We talked about it on the website. It's Sabrina, the, no, the cursed, uh, the chilling tales of, of Sabrina, the teenage witch, which is supposed to be this, you know, kind of Gothic horror story, which sounds amazing, which I would not be surprised if this new season of Riverdale, that we're going to be introduced to Sabrina and yeah. that'll be part you know, enough for, for that, for that new show as a spinoff. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like that. I really like Afterlife with Archie. I like the darker, I do not expect this. I like the juxtaposition of putting those two kinds of Archie together. But it sounds like Mark Wade's run on Archie is also, like, it's probably closer to where I would like it to be if I were a teenager reading the book. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not going to... I'm sure you could totally relate with it if you can tr- teleport yourself 20 years ago or whatever with this book and be like... Yeah, I, I, I'm living this right now. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that sounds really good. Um, I, I, Now I finally I understand how you got onto your Mark Waitathon. Yes. Um, so, oh, and, and one other thing, yeah. too. Um, Actually, looking back on it, I believe a few years back, Peter did a review when this first came out. And one of the things that I did love is the representation of Jughead in this book and the way uh, Wade writes him. I'm not going to go too much into it. I'm going to let, let you go on next. But I recommend going back and find that episode because Peter does a fantastic job of explaining why Jughead Jones is one of the greatest characters. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll see if we can dig out that episode and link it into the comments of this uh, or into the footnotes of the show. If not, use your searching abilities and find it, Internet. Uh, all right. So you, you started off on, on Riverdale and you got yourself into... Uh, into Archie Comics, what was your next step in your Mark Waitathon? Um, well, from there, it, it goes back to because uh, I haven't really been able to talk or do anything with you guys since we originally discussed Marvel Legacy uh, a few weeks back, right? And one of the things that I wanted to do was pick up as much Legacy titles as I could, and and you know just weed through it and find, figure out what I like and uh, see where things going. And there's a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, it's not every Marvel book, but there's still a lot of titles. And I'm sorry, no offense, the price of comics, you can't buy everything. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you, got, you do have to kind of pick and choose. Um, but I was so stoked to see that Wade is working on the current Avengers title. Right. And I mean, normally Mark Wade, listen, he's done stories that, in, that have mass characters like uh, Kingdom Come back mm-hmm. in the 90s. But normally, a lot of the stuff that he's known for are his singular character books, Daredevil and Captain America, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think he actually did a, a, a run on Wolverine for a while, too. Spider-Man, and, Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah. And he's very good at dissecting characters at their core. But it, it doesn't seem like he does a lot of writing in regards to teams. Right. So getting Avengers, again, not reading for a while and, you know, this whole legacy thing. Yeah, I had to kind of read. Thank God for for those those recap pages that Marvel still does to let yeah, you know what's going still on. Still, the best recap pages in the you business. Um, 
So we have the current Avengers team, and apparently there's a book champions where it's the younger uh, characters, uh, Ms. Marvel and uh, the, the Miles Morales Spider-Man, um, the, the current um, totally awesome Hulk Oh, God. Uh, Cho is. Yeah, I love Totally Awesome Hulk. He's cool. He's super yeah. cool. Uh, and he enjoys himself too much to be, the, to be unloved. And Nova are mm-hmm. the, the champions. And thank God, because again, I didn't know they were originally part of the Avengers. And then when the new Civil War took, they decided to remove themselves from what was happening with the Avengers and band together and make their own team the champions. Right. So this opens up, and there is uh, some devastation all around the world. Uh, skyscrapers are crumbling and vibrating and shaking, and earthquakes are happening. And the two teams band together. Um, they research each one, and as things progress, um, a hole opens up uh, in the ground, and this huge monster pops up. Nice. Is it a Kirby monster? Uh, no, it, it's kind of like a Minotaur type. Oh, okay. Deal. Oh, wait, I think I know this. All right, go on. So I'm like, cool, you know what? This was great. The way he captured every character, the dialogue was just the way I like it. It, it was so reminiscent of reading an Avengers book back in, say, like the late 80s through the mid 90s, when it was still kind of lighthearted and everything was self-contained. You know, and it was just a fun thing, and it wasn't part of a big event. You know, yeah, event fatigue definitely steps in, and you get you could just get, especially if you're trying to get back into comics, it's very easy to be like, "This is a brick wall. I can't, I can't navigate it." And I mean, it's a little ambitious because it is the Avengers, but it, it the story opens up with two teams in it, so it, it it's it it allowed his writing allowed me to actually get personal with all of these characters that he's introducing me to in, in this new book whether it's the champions or the Avengers. And, you know, it, it actually made life easier for me. It, it, I didn't have to do any research. I didn't have to do any background to figure out where what happened to all these people. He kind of summed it all up right there for me. Right. And he did such a great job. And looking a week or two later, the follow-up was in the book Champions, and Mark Wade's writing that too. Oh, yeah. So... At this point, I'm just, I don't know if it's going to be a permanent thing. I'm wondering if this is just one story because it's going to be over six to eight issues, I think, between the two titles. So I don't know if he's just going to be doing this or if he's going to be continuing on with those books afterwards. But reading Champions and then the new Avengers that came out today, um, I've got the first three issues of, of this story arc down, and it's great. You find out that these skyscrapers are being uh, attacked because they're being used as tuning forks. Oh, for vibration right. purposes. Uh-huh. And when this monster comes out, we find out that he's actually part of Counter Earth. There's an Earth on the other side of the sun. Uh huh. And if you remember anything about it, it's run by the High Evolutionary. Right. Yeah. So, who I, that's a name I haven't heard in years. Yeah, High Evolutionary and Counter Earth, I think, appeared in some recent books, but not like it's one of those classic villains that they have yet to like. God, uh, all new, all different. You know what I mean? Like they haven't modified him so much so that he's unrecognizable to what he was. And it's a lot of there's a lot of fun retro feel when you get these these kinds of characters. My last remembrance of the High Evolutionary was back in the 90s, I think, right after the Infinity Gauntlet when they gave Adam Warlock and the Infinity Watch their own series. Oh wow! And the last time we saw him. 
we found out that the uh, have, uh, high evolutionary was reduced to a mentally challenged man. No. Oh. And he had no power, and it was, yeah, it, it was a weird thing, it was, but it was entertaining. It was very interesting on how they handle it. And um, I don't remember reading anything with him after that. Uh, so it was kind of cool to go back to classic. So uh, you're probably somewhat aware of the, the controversy or whatever about um, what Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, the sibling mutants uh, from the Avengers. They were you know a big deal in Marvel Civil War, the, the movie that came out uh, a few years ago, the Captain America Avengers Civil 2. War. Uh, Actually, oh, yeah, you're right. Silver, you're right. You're right. Yeah, because Quicksilver Civil didn't War, make it through the end of Avengers yeah, 2. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, Spoiler. So, <laughs> so yeah, they're uh, like, you know, they're becoming mainstream by being put into these movies. Uh, but at the same time, this was when Quicksilver was appearing in uh, Fox-powered I think it was X-Men 2? No, it was, was it? Days, of, it Future was Days Past, of Future Past. And then also in Apocalypse later. Right, later on. So like you've had different versions of the same mutant Quicksilver right. in different storylines. And it was he was they could use the name Quicksilver, I believe, in Avengers, but they they weren't in X-Men, so they called him Peter. Yes, exactly. In, in, in the X-Men film. Which fits in the X-Men X Men films so much because they're so like adverse to like, what are you going to do, wear yellow spandex? You know, that mm -hmm. kind of aesthetic. Um, so anyways, uh, behind the scenes during all that, there's always been this question in the last few years has been question at Marvel of uh, what are the mutants and what are we doing with mutants? What's going on with the X-Men? Is Marvel purposely not writing stuff for X Men or not promoting yeah, X Men yeah, yeah, yeah. just in favor of Inhumans? And does that have some sort of backhand uh, and there's, machination? There's always of Fox been the Studio. rumors saying that yeah. writers aren't allowed to create any new mutant characters. I, mean, I heard that running around right. online as, as a rumor thing. And yeah. And there's a lot of different ways of looking at this, including the whole there were just way too many mutants at one point in, in the Marvel Universe. That's why probably that's we not got even no current. more. That goes back 20 something years ago. Exactly. And that's probably why we got the no more mutants from Scarlet Witch. Uh, but then up until modern day uh, media landscape where Fox Studios owns and actively puts out X-Men related titles, uh, whereas everything else Marvel or many other things Marvel are all kind of in Marvel's house, in Disney's house. Correct. So maybe. But what was happening in comics during this period of time, uh, too much uh, nerd scandal, was that we were being told that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver may not even be mutants. That they were in fact created by or manipulated by uh, the High Evolutionary. Oh, wow. And handed off to... Uh, who was it that was... It was Magneto, Magneto. was her father, but yeah. there was like some cow woman or something who raised them. And there was something weird in the original introduction of the characters or very early on i don't think it was a cow woman i think it was a woman with i'm thinking like you remember beastmaster do you remember the movie beastmaster oh yeah yeah all right you remember when oh, i was gonna say mark hamill that's not that's not who it was uh that, mark singer mark singer when, Dar. <laughs> when baby mark singer otherwise known as baby beastmaster the, the, there was like this evil witch who put who took the baby out of his mother's womb oh, and yeah, put it in yeah, a cow, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they sacrificed the cow. Yeah, yeah. This may have nothing to do with Quicksilver or Scarlet Witch. If I am completely off, I apologize. Anyways, cool you're probably scene from just the movie. thinking it was the robot nanny that Magneto had at one point for the X Babies. Maybe <laughs> there was something very odd because in the mountains of the weird of the whatever country they were from, Wondergore. 
Yeah, it, it, there was a lot. There was a lot of magic and mystery and and question marks over their origin. Uh, and then, of course, uh, a lot of comic book fans were outraged because they are rewriting canon now. Are, of so, course. so was this recent that they were? This was tackling in the it? last two or three years. This was not many. This this was not very old. Because if I remember correctly, that wasn't. I mean that that wasn't an uncommon story. I think over the years they kind of kept going back and either retconning or implying that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch's origins weren't always what we were told they were. And that yeah. was a, like, oh, that's been going on for years, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, they, so they certainly picked good characters to manipulate, but I guess the politics or the optics of making it seem like this was done exclusively to undermine Fox Studios' X-Men projects caused a lot of backlash. Um, what's interesting is that, yeah, so uh, the high evolutionary has sort of been around, but no matter what, he's always kind of just there being a uh, almost like a Kirby villain, like a like an early 60s, 50s, 60s, yeah. kind of like super villain character. Very interesting. I'm surprised that the Mole Man did not send the Minotaur, but I'm uh, I accept that it was the High Evolutionary. Well, his plan, though, uh, according to this, is that he wants to take Counter Earth and Earth, and they're rotating more rapidly. I think now, so that the, they at at certain intervals, they the worlds overlap. Oh, all right, because um, the vibrations are needed because there's a phase shift issue on Counter Earth. It's not in the same space as uh, as us. Oh, I see. So ultimately, he wants to merge the two Earths together and wipe out everything. I'm yeah, guessing. Who knows? Sure. sure. Um, we haven't. I don't think we gotten that far yet. But which almost makes me think about the only thing I I had to kind of compare it to was like, well, do we kind of have this with Secret Wars recently, <laughs> where like the the melding of all the Earths and trying to you know destroy everything and but um. Otherwise, I got to tell you, I again, I, I can't get enough of Mark Wade, and it's yeah, a fantastic Mark, read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We back to the Mark Va- Mark Wade-a-thon. It, it was a great read. Oh, by the way, yes. And in fact, the High Evolutionary New Man Bova first tried oh, to pass right. the twins on to Robert Frank, whose wife had died in childbirth. That's right. It was Bova, and I am. That is quite. That is a cow lady <laughs> or a cow man, maybe. I don't know. I can't what, tell. There's a lot of flannel, and it looks like yeah. it might be a, a skirt. I, I don't know. I believe that was a woman. Yes, yes. The old woman of the hill. <laughs> Aliases, the old woman on the hill, or Bessie. Nice. This is from the Marvel Wikia. <laughs> but no, I got to give uh, Wade uh, a lot of credit for kind of bringing stuff back to where I used to appreciate and love reading comics. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we, we did it in the legacy show. Like that's what I was hoping for. And so far, at least with Avengers and champions, I'm getting that. Great. All right. That's awesome. Uh, did that conclude your Mark wade It didn't. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So I looked up uh, trying to throw you a rope. The man wasn't born Anywhere near today. So this could not even be a birthday thing. I can't justify this in anything other than one week. Ken's lost weekend. He just wandered around no, it was, with Mark Wade. Stuff no, it, like I said, it, it started with Riverdale coming back. Yeah. That's all. All right. Let's go. What's next? What's uh, next on the plate? The next one got me really excited because it came out today. And I didn't even know it was he was working on it. But... um Mark Wade is part of the new relaunch of Captain America. Oh, that's great. And again, going back, 
20 something years ago, he had one of the greatest runs of Captain America that I can ever remember. It's the reason why I think I love Captain America as much as I do. Right. And his run with uh with Ron Garney, the artist, it was some of the coolest stuff that they got to do with Captain America. One of the greatest ones was like the Man Without a Country, mm-hmm. where he realizes that, you know, the US and the political system might not be as perfect as he wanted it to be back in the 40s when he was around. And sure glad we fixed that. Yeah. (laughs) Clinton was in office and he finally started learning about corruption and politics. Right. And he's exiled and he winds up going to Canada to get away from everything uh, to avoid persecution. And Don's a kind of uh, early Daredevil-esque vigilante costume where it's all the black with the, 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 the black bandana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he meets up with Sharon Carter. It's fantastic stuff. They did great stuff with the Red Skull. And I was so excited to hear that he's doing Captain America. The only problem I have with this is it's an awesome story in regards to the substance and the theme. Mm-hmm. But I was very confused because I did not read Secret yeah. Empire. All right. So you, you're you in the dark. You're in the weeds. So what, it, what I got from it was... There is um, a celebratory annual Captain America Day in this town because apparently 10 years ago, Captain America helped save this town from this group of uh, villains. Mm-hmm. And since then, they changed the name of the town to Captain America. Oh, It's in Nebraska or something. And every year they have a festival, a celebration for it. So Steve Rogers shows up for it and he's trying to keep it low key. And he According to him, he didn't even know it existed. And the the people are telling him the story about how 10 years ago he saved them from, from, from this group of thugs. And he's sort of incognito during this? Kind of, yeah. Uh-huh. But he's asking about it and where right. it all came from. And, and at one point, it gets out that he's Captain America, but he – or he even says – or says something to the effect of – but he it doesn't seem like he remembers any of it. Mm. Like – it it almost seems like the last thing he remembers is getting thawed from the ice. Wow. So I'm wondering if that was a thing in Secret Empire or like I don't know how it was left. So the way it worked in Secret Empire, and this is incredibly complicated, but the basics are Captain America as we know him, Steve Rogers as we knew him, was aging because of the, the formula was running out of the system. That was a while. Effect, yeah, right? that was way before. He's yeah. aging, and as he ages out... Uh, there was a new Captain America. It's, in Falcon. Uh, right, right. There, the, the Cosmic Cube is uh, a device that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been using to create a secret prison for for their villains, an idyllic sort of utopia prison for all the villains that they want to put in there for whatever reason. Wait, uh, so they use the cube to create? Yeah. Okay. They use the cube to create this idyllic prison. Uh, the cube gets some sort of rudimentary sentience as a, you know, super wise magical child. As you do. Uh, and somehow Red Skull gets to manipulate that child by saying, basically telling them all the stories of how wonderful the world was when Hydra was in charge. Uh, when Hydra was in charge, things were safe and peaceful and organized. And of course, the Red Skull was involved with the Cosmic Cube. Of course. So... Uh, I, basically, uh, Red Skull convinces the Cosmic Cube to rewrite the world so that it was back to the way it should have been with uh, with Hydra being in charge and Captain America, because Captain America is good, of course, would also be Hydra. So the 
Captain America gets his youth back, and that's what everybody thinks. Was, oh, that's great. That's what the cosmic did. Oh, so this did. goes all the way back to, like, yeah. World War era. Uh, yeah, the, the, it retroactively changed the world. So Hydra actually won the World War. Uh, we don't know about the Nazis. And, it's Hydra. Uh, yeah, Just leave it go. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and uh, the world is safer now because of fascism. And also, uh, it's very weird, this new universe, because Hydra wins the World War, but apparently Captain America stays undercover as Captain America frozen in the ice for years comes out, becomes an Avenger, fights for America, and then eventually decides, now's the time I expose myself as Captain America. So is it, like a, is it like a sleeper agent type thing? He, or? He's, he's, he treats it as a sleeper agent. The best way of reading Secret Empire, in my opinion, is to say that it doesn't make internal sense because so much of it was created by magic, by the Cosmic Cube. That's probably the easiest way of reading it is to say like, yeah, it doesn't make sense why Hydra. Actually, no, there is a in-universe explanation. The cube also the cube altered everything. Altered yeah. everything so that the truth is that Hydra should have won. The altered university is Hydra didn't win, and now the reason why Captain America turns as a sleeper agent is he's trying to bring back the real i'm using air quotes in podcast land the real world where hydra should have won it's just it's just magic confusion okay anyways the point is the same thing that brought uh uh steve rogers back in his youth also corrupted his history magically uh, but there was a little spark of Steve Rogers still on there in that cosmic cube. And that spark of Steve Rogers, that memory of what he should have been. Superior Spider-Man all over again. Yeah, basically Superior Spider-Man. And his real persona kind of came through and beat up the fake alternate Steve oh, Rogers. Oh, so there were two of them then by the end of one point. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's very arguable which one's the real one and which one isn't the real one. Uh, it's oh, so it's like there's... The other one still exists. Still then. around. Still around oh, okay. in prison. Wow, that's weird. Still threatening uh, Steve by saying, you know, you're not so different, you and I. And Steve goes, ah, I hate it when people say that to me. <laughs> uh, so the point thing is that it, it is very questionable how much of Steve's actual history has been reworked and how much of it has been lost. I think it's well, probably more focused on, in this story I haven't read, it's probably more on that his memories of what he used to be are a little vague. Okay. Like, yeah, because he it seems like he has the memories of, of the of the war and everything else, but it seems like, I guess, everything afterward is fuzzy? Yeah, I think he is going to do a lot of questioning about what it means to be Captain America. And if that's where this is going, I mean, I could be totally be behind this. Because once again, it's almost like redoing the man without a country. It's a man yeah. trying to find himself, literally find himself. Yeah, I feel like you... There's almost no stories you could tell. There are very few stories you could tell with Captain America that don't involve questioning what it is to be Captain America because, it. I mean, any jerk can put Captain America on a bumper sticker and drive down the road screaming horrible, bigoted crap out the window. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, everybody, no one knows that they're the, very few people know that they're the villain of the story. So you could be Captain Jingoist, right? You could be like, you could do that and still consider yourself Captain America or a Captain America fan. So if you're not questioning what it means to be American, then you're not really doing it right. So I feel like if this is what the story is doing, awesome. The only other confusing thing was it's the whole comic book timeline continuity thing. Because it sounds like the, uh, during that part of the story where they're doing the flashback of him beating up the guys in that town. There's a comment made that 
that all happened ten within ten years after he was thought out. Ah. So no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was ten years ago that that happened, but it happened after that incident happened soon after he was thawed. So uh, what we're getting is Captain America's only been thawed out of ice for ten years. Right. That's weird. And that, but that yeah, you're right. That could be a comic book continuity thing where it's, where it's Captain like, America explain, has always just recently thought out of the ice. Or that or like how it's no one of those ways of have explained like how come these guys don't age? Like how long how how long does time pass in here? And it's like, oh well, you know, sixty years of stories are, you know, all have all happened within the last ten years. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. I wonder how it's gonna happen in the cinematic universe too, because they are doing they're bouncing around all over the time timeline people are getting really paranoid about the whole spider-man homecoming uh being i can't i can't recall it off the top of my head but spider-man homecoming comes is uh, like the start of the movie is like eight years ago when the oh avengers yeah yeah. right but then the avengers thing happened like it was supposed to be real time so like nobody knows what time yeah yeah i never i'm not one of those people who pay that much attention to it but whatever I it, think that if, didn't take me out of the story. Yeah. Something totally like didn't. this, you kind of have to look at and be like, well, where does this take place in? Exactly. Yeah. When, especially when a character doesn't know exactly where right. they are. Right. Especially when you're starting, when you're relaunching something too. It's kind of like, okay, wait, is this part of, is this new? Is this yeah. something that's always been like that? I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. It's always, I don't know. Marvel has got an uphill battle with their, their soft restart slash hard restart that they tried this time around reboot. Um, yeah, but I, I'm glad to see Mark Wade back at the helm of Captain America. That could be really good. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Now, were there any other Mark Wade Athon books you were you had read, or no? But the Archie thing actually has me set up. I think for my next week's review or my my next show's review. What's that? Uh, the second issue of Harley and Poison Ivy meet Betty and Veronica. Came wow. Out. That's perfect. That's real cool. That's really good. And to get pumped for the show today, I was actually, I wound up pulling out my old uh, copy of Kingdom Come on audio. Nice. I was listening to that on the ride over today. Very, very cool. All right, let's actually do some reviews of the books you talked about today. So we started off with uh, Archie, Mark Ray's run on Archie. What do you give that? Yes. Um, I'm on the fence. I could go mint. I think I'm just. Gonna, I think I'm gonna go near mint on it. All it's, right. it's good, but it's not perfect. Near mint. Uh, what about the next one? Was the legacy books? Uh, uh, Avengers and uh, I'll, I'll lump Avengers and Champions together because it's right now. It's currently the same story. Okay, and it's all done by him, so it's great. Uh, that I got to go mint. Wow. Uh, all right. Hopefully, it will keep that going. And Captain America with all the confusion. With all the confusion, I, if I got, I kind of have to rate it on that because based on how he explained and introduced the characters in Avengers and then going into this, I got to give it a good. I was oh. still kind of in the dark of where things were by the time I was done reading. All it. right, well, hopefully it'll but, turn around. But, yeah. but it left me in a position where I'm like, I can't wait to read to find out where this is going. That's really important, and also, like you know, the the. Not knowing where your characters are in the timeline, I feel like that hurts book like the first issues. Yeah, at least it, it tends to fade. That's the only reason why I have to kind of score it a little weaker is because it didn't allow me to envelop exactly where I'm at with this. I right. have to, but in a weird way, it's cool because in a way, maybe I'm actually the audience is like Steve Rogers trying yeah, to figure out sure. where we're going. You know? <laughs> what happened to my Captain America for so long? Yeah, I guess that's pretty accurate. You know, we're we're 
being taken along for his ride. All right, Mark Wade, you do us you do us good as you usually do. And it's going to be a very exciting time in Marvel and uh, I guess also uh, Archie. Yeah, Archie, yeah, and a little bit of DC, just just a tad, just enough. Well, I know you have started some epic reading testament right over here. I did, yes. Uh, we're going to go through this in a little detail when when Al comes in, but he handed me this big stack of comics you see from IDW. Yeah, that, that is a big stack of comics right yeah, there. And dude. this isn't all of it. This is uh, the uh, a storyline called First Strike, which is, uh, I'm going to have to actually open up the book to get all the, the different Hasbro I was say, is, is, is this an event? Is that what this it is? It is, a, I think, IDW's first like Hasbro comic book event. And they are mixing up so we, we are familiar with G.I. Joe Transformer crossovers. They're often very good and a lot of fun. They hit that nostalgia point really well. If they're well-written, they're enjoyable. Uh, but this one has G.I. Joe Transformers, Mask, Rom the Space Knight. Wait, Mask, Rom? Like yeah. original Marvel property Rom? Uh, yes, yes. Marvel Hasbro co-owned property. And uh, Micronauts. Oh, wow. Yeah, which... I owned Micronauts, but I don't remember the plot line of that at all. I didn't know that they were actually supposed to be really small. I guess it makes sense. This is probably like the first thing I've heard about anything active with Mask in like 30-something years. I think it may be the first thing. I think the comics are the first. I don't even think they've tried relaunching the line, have they? No, I don't think the toys are out. I don't think there's any toys out for it. We're going to quiz Al on this because he uh, he has become quite the collector. The book is interesting. There are a few uh, uh, issues that are missing in this big pile, specifically the uh, the one-offs that are from any of the particular titles we just mentioned, but uh, oh God! Is, it, ha- is Hasbro fishing? Is Hasbro fishing for new um, movie properties with this? You think? You know what? No, I don't think so. I don't think this is an attempt to do anything but to satisfy the comic reading audience, specifically the people who have already invested a lot of effort for a book that is aimed at like the kind of nostalgic guys who go into comic book stores and you know just try to buy their childhood this is an incredibly hard entry point well i'm, I'm we're not gonna i don't want to hear anymore i want to wait for for al so we can get more in depth but man uh it just looks like a lot of reading <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting all right we'll be back after this quick break and uh we'll be back after this quick break uh, did you watch Flash? Uh, are you current with Flash? I'm caught up on all of them. All right. Do you want to talk a little bit about this last yesterday's Have you episode? Been watching it? Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, we can do that. All right. All right. Before we continue, speaking of CW shows, I think what, possibly the most popular of them all is the Flash. That's arguable, but I'll give it to you. I, I think it may be one of the most popular. It had a, a stellar first season and a, a pretty strong second and third as well. Uh, we are now in the fourth season. Yeah, I know. Of the Flash. At times flying, man. Really? No pun intended. <laughs> or maybe. And this most recent episode uh, featured the introduction slash return of a character that um, I was frankly shocked that they were going to do. Ralph could, Dibney, dude. I can't believe Mr. Elastic? The Elongated Man. The Elongated Man. That's what I was saying. The Elongated Man. I can't... I really was surprised that they yeah. were going to bring him into this. See, that's the thing that 
Marvel certainly gets a flack on and occasionally DC does too. Like their their refusal to introduce like these major characters or these like very well-known characters into their cinematic stories, especially their TV shows. Before we get into the episode, I you and I haven't really had a chance to talk a lot about a lot of uh, you know comic book stuff you know, lately, I mm. mean, except for when we're doing the show and we get to do the reviews, but the movies and the TV shows, we don't really get to talk a lot about. Right. And I was kind of off put a little bit with this current season of Flash because I appreciated the the start of the show where all of the metahumans all come from this one event. Right. With the, um, uh, the particle accelerator. The particle exploding, right. And then... I, and when everyone when anyone shows up, it's fine. It's established. It's accepted. It's cool. Right. I went and saw Spider Man Homecoming. Uh huh. And I'm like, oh, it seems like they're kind of ripping off the Flash because now it seems like Spider Man's villains are all going to come from the one event where they took all of the technology from the Chitari from the first Avengers movie, and now we've got a hub where all those guys are going to come from. It seems like. Um Definitely the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, especially the, the Earth-based things, not the Guardians of the Galaxy and not the Thors, but like, yeah, everything is, there is definitely like an ultimate st- style of we need to have one co- cohesive event that sparks everything else out. All the Marvel, um, the Netflix series, all, even if their powers aren't based off the incident, the incident, like, uh colors every interaction they have mm-hmm. in New York. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, oh yeah. You no. know, aliens invaded, there should be some consequences. Right. Um, but yeah, I feel like... Um, uh, so that's my thing. I don't quite think it's a copy off of Flash. But but, but, yeah. but now, which I get it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But now we go into the new season of The Flash and it's like, wait, there's another anomaly that's going to spawn another set of characters and i'm like wait no, no, no you can go back to the old well it's okay yeah. it's all right you don't yeah, to- i don't i don't see a reason necessarily for them to have needed that other than there's always an attempt to put responsibility and blame on barry's shoulders right which is kind of okay no, i guess I get, I, I get that i mean yeah. i just like but i'm like you didn't have to or at least you could have saved it for another year or two when you were starting to like you know yeah. lose some ideas and then that, that that's something but yeah they have yet to visit they have yet to do that thing that shows do where they kind of screw the pooch and say we've fixed all our problems yeah now what no but listen you know what consecutively week by week with the, with this show and, and most of the, of the cw comic book shows i i think they're doing a great job of keeping it somewhat fresh and keeping me hooked I, and flash is definitely one of those shows yeah and, yeah i flash is one of my favorites of those shows i'm not as forgiving of all the stuff the cw shows do at, at some point or other i'm like this is a little too soap opera-y for me but right well, now let's talk about the other episode. one hold on, real quick the other yeah. one right now supergirl can do no wrong by me right really now. i yeah. love it but sorry but yes ralph dibney yes the elongated man uh, the actor they got for him i should look him up really. it, perfect oh, perfect they did like, a wonderful job he looks like he stepped out of the comic book and it's just his normal face yeah, he definitely has one of those faces that you're like, this guy's face could be plastic. Well, it's, uh, that. Like, it's, it's that nose where it's like that pointed kind of nose that he has, and he's got the, the, the square jawline, but he's thinner. You know, it's not like he's broad or anything. It's like, it, it's, 
the perfect Ralph Dibney. Yeah, it really is uh, an amazing. They, they did a great job of casting. The only uh, other thing that they could have done with him is put those big white sunglasses, like those huge double Coke bottle glasses on him, and maybe Plastic Man. But no, yeah, Ralph Dibney's yeah. perfect. And I'm actually completely okay with them saving that for his second appearance. <laughs> uh, Harley Sawyer. Uh, it, it was playing Ralph Dibney. So I say return of a character. So when I first read the uh, synopsis, I was like, oh, this is going to be some season one he, character he coming back. Was he? In, no, he wasn't He's in just this. known to the characters in the show. Right. So uh, Barry and uh, Ralph had a, oh, yeah. had a major like falling out. Well, they all work together. Yeah, they, their police officers work together and there's a falling out. And that's why they already have this kind of like, they already have the built-in relationship, which is, hey, genius idea human beings have interactions with one each other that don't have anything to do with superpowers. In the workplace, yeah. not even just superheroing. So already that relationship was built with a bunch of like pre-existing notions and stuff. The theme, the style of that episode, the comic relief of the rubber the the, yeah. the moments and the the kind of gangster Dick Tracy feel on things that yeah. happen with it's the mayor, like, yes, yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah, this is perfect. This is pitch perfect. Yeah, it's wonderful. And it's not often that these shows get the pitch right. Pitch is hard to do right when you're like, well, okay, this is a superhero show, and there's going to be some superhero uh, interaction and probably a love triangle or something going on in the background. They don't usually get that. No, this should be pitched in a way where it feels. Uh, period almost yeah and they did it they did a great job with this the flash is very good at that and the best tribute i I think i can give to them in regards to that was when they went to earth 2 uh do you remember those episodes yes when you saw those please tell me you felt the same way i did where i got nostalgic where it's like oh my god like this is a complete homage to batman the animated series oh yeah 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 there's the the, old-timey cars and the buildings but it's still today and it's like where does this take place is this like a fantasy world it feels like there's a history there that you're just not getting because it's not super important to whatever the plot is but it's there and it feels like it's solid and flash does that a lot the musical episode was like that too. that was another example which was a great episode and a genius episode when you think about the cast that they have yeah they're like you know we have all these singers let's let them perform let's do it two of them came from glee yeah yeah. You know, and John Barrowman. I've seen Barrowman on Broadway at least three times. I, I don't think Barrowman had anything to do with anything like recent in either Supergirl or Flash at that point. And they're like, yeah, we're going to put Barrowman in well, this. Well, he was uh, last season, he was uh, one of the, he was on Legends of Tomorrow. He was one of the running exactly. villains throughout the whole season. Exactly, but nobody else from Legends yeah. of Tomorrow was there, but they were yeah. like, yeah, but we're going to put oh, yeah, Barrowman oh, yeah, in. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're definitely. We'll yeah. No one's going to complain. Nope. No one's going to complain. <laughs> I didn't. I never thought. I didn't know Cisco could sing. Yeah, I that was a shocker. That. Yeah, yeah. They, they, so yeah, they, this is a. This oh, is and a, and uh, Joe, the guy who plays Joe, mm-hmm. came from theater. He was in the original cast of Rent. That's right. Didn't Tom um, Kavanaugh also? Uh, I believe so. I'm not, but I'm not a hundred percent. I'm sure he's done theater. I also he's, can't he seems like one of those actors. That episode. It's been a while. Briefly. Yeah, but yeah. So there is a. I mean. It's just really a fun episode. Uh, again, the elongated journey into night. Fun episode. Uh, and and they, a great didn't, way of they, they didn't give him his name yet no. by the end. No. Uh, he, I think, will make another appearance. I think oh, this is a well, well-received uh, episode, hopefully. And he has to, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh. it was so. Yeah, I highly recommend. I have. I'm not caught up on any of the other CW shows, to be honest. But uh, Flash definitely was the first thing I had to put effort into. I'm like, I got to do this, or else my niece would have killed me because <laughs> uh, because of Glee. Really, a lot of these, ki- a lot of my nieces and nephews started watching superhero shows because of the success of Glee. That's well, ha- have you seen any of the new Supergirl stuff yet? Or? No, none of it. They and it's not a spoiler or anything, but um, they recast the actress playing Kara's mom from Krypton. Oh, because they're right. doing flashbacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's Erica Durant now, oh. who was Lois Lane on Smallville. Oh, that's really neat. That's kind of cool. And uh, oh, there was another connection that they did too, and I can't remember what it is, but. Yeah, that, that that that's that other show. It's like I that's my Monday night. Like, leave me alone, mm. phone off the hook, and I'm watching. Is it is it mostly for the cameos though? No, I I, I love everything about that show. To yeah, be honest, it's really good. You know, and then Flash is the same way. Just phone off. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh right, well, uh, I think that's about it. Thanks, Ken. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Near Mint Comic Radio. If you like the show, like and subscribe, and give us a couple stars on iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast catcher is. Good night. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. Thank <laughs> you.